It says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. He asked the question, How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? All things. All things that pertain to life and godliness. All that we need, God gives freely. Amen. Through the cross, through the offering up of His Son, His own Son, amen, He delivered Him up on that cross for us all. Now, you know, we don't want to ever, ever say, well, yeah, I've heard that. No, that is the power for our lives now. Amen. And that's what releases all grace and the gift of righteousness. Amen. Is in the cross. Amen. Well, the word receive means to take into one's possession. It's yours. Something offered or delivered. It means to receive gifts. Okay? It means to have something bestowed, presented as a gift. You know, sometimes we find it really hard to receive what is freely given. Sometimes we want to look at ourselves and think, well, I'm just not good enough. Well, it's not based on your goodness. It's based on God's mercy and grace. You have nothing to do with that. Amen? The word gift means something bestowed or acquired without being sought or earned by the receiver. Thank you, Jesus. Receiver. Thank you, Lord. A receiver, and this is really deep, is one that receives. <laughs> Amen. That's what Webster said it was. <laughs> he was right. Are you a receiver? Isaiah 33 asked the question, where is the receiver? Well, we are the receivers today. We're on the receiving end. God's on the giving end. We're on the receiving end. And don't complicate it. And don't try to add anything to it. I tell you, the greatest inroad that Satan has had into the church, the present day church, is false teachings. And I want you to know it's all in the cross. And it ended at the cross. It was a finished work at the cross. And those Jews of his day had it really hard to, to switch over from the law to grace. They couldn't they just couldn't get in their mind that it was a free gift of God that made them righteous. That they had to do something. And you know something? If you do something, then it's no longer a gift. It's something that you have earned. And it's way out of reach. You cannot earn your own salvation. It's the mercy and the goodness and the grace of God that has reached your life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well... Thank you, Father. We can say this, all that I am, all that I ever hope to be, is based upon my ability to receive it. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. And we can say this, and my ability to receive is based upon my believing God's Word and what he has promised. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, in 1 John 4, 8, it says that God is love. God is love. And uh, God's whole personality is based upon giving. It's like a bell is not a bell until it's rung. A song is not a song until it's sung. And love is not love until it is given. Amen. So God is a giver. That's his nature. That's who he is. And I would like to read to you out of the Amplified, John 3.16, which
which we all can quote by memory, I'm sure. And it says in the Amplified, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world, and that's the world of lost sinners, everyone, that he even gave up his only begotten Son, so that whosoever believes in, that means that they trust, they cling to, they rely on him for his saving grace, they shall not perish, they shall not come to destruction, they shall not be lost, but have eternal, everlasting life. Everlasting life. Oh, your mind can't even get around that. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I tell you, when I was getting this, I just had to just stop and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for my salvation, Lord. The gift of God is, is never ending. Never ending. Never ending. And it's all because of Calvary. Amen. And I want to say this, the cross has met every need and fulfilled every promise, past, present, and future. Hallelujah. You see, when you go to the cross, there's a legal aspect of the cross. And legally, Jesus paid for everything. Even your healing. When were you healed? It says, by his stripes, you were healed. Past tense. When he received those stripes, that's past. You receive it in the presence, present time when you believe it. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Well, in 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says this. For all, everybody say all. All, all the promises of God in Christ are yes, and in him they are Amen unto the glory of God by us. Now, every time a promise is fulfilled in us, it gives glory to God. Amen. You know, whatever God does for you, tell it. Amen. Proclaim it. That's your, your witness of God being real. And you're giving God glory. And I don't care if it was... 50 years ago, or five years ago, or five minutes ago. Give Him glory. Amen. And every time you, you tell of His goodness, you're giving glory to God. Amen. Every time a promise is fulfilled, you're giving God glory. Hallelujah. Well, I want to go to, uh, let's see, Second Peter. And I'm going to read there, verses 3 and 4. And this is present. Amen. In 2 Peter verse 3, it says, According or by his divine power, God has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it, it's talking about divine power, and where you see by his divine power, you can put the word grace. Grace is not only unmerited favor, but it is God's power working in your behalf, doing what you cannot do. It was by his grace you were saved through faith. You couldn't save yourself. Only grace could reach you and save you. So it's by his power and it's by this power we are given, whereby are given unto us exceeding and great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Thank you, Lord. That's, that is uh, present. Amen. Then I want to go to the book of Hebrews. And I want to read there in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6. If you want to turn there or if you just want to write it down. Hebrews chapter 6, beginning in verse number 10. Thank you, Lord. For God is not unrighteous.
to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name. That's you're serving the Lord. Every day, serving the Lord. And that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. And I can tell you, the end is coming. The end is coming. Right now we're walking by sight, but one day our faith will be sight. Jesus is coming. Amen? That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. We are heirs of promise. Amen? For God, when he made promise to Abraham, because he could not swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless thee. Multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so, after that he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, that's you and I, the immutability of his counsel, he confirmed it by an oath. In other words, he, he made it valid and binding by his word. If God's word says it, you believe it. It's going to happen just the way he said it. Amen? That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. Thank you, Jesus. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, in, in which entereth into that within the veil. Whether the forerunner is entered for us, even Jesus made and high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Entering into the very presence of God, Jesus has entered into heaven in the presence of God for us today. He's there. Amen. He's our great high priest. Hallelujah. He's there interceding on your behalf, on my behalf. Hallelujah. He is a faithful he is a faithful high priest. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the truth. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, I want to go to 1 Peter. Now, I know I'm giving you a lot, but this is future and not too distant future. In 1 Peter chapter 1, I want to begin reading in verse number 3, and I'll read through verse number 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are serving a living, resurrected Lord. Amen? And we have been born again to an inheritance that is incorruptible, it's undefiled, and that fadeth not away. And guess what? It's reserved in heaven for you. You got a reservation in heaven for you. Praise God. And guess what? You are kept by the power of God or by the grace of God through faith. Now, let me make it very clear. I was saved by grace. I'm being kept by grace. I will be presented to him by faith. The important thing is that I keep the faith to the very end. We do not believe and we do not teach an eternal security in the fact that, that there are those that believe that once you're saved, you could never lose your salvation. That is not true. We are made partakers of Christ if we hold from the beginning that faith. Amen. We must keep the faith. I came from that sector, and I can tell you it's a very dangerous doctrine, and there is no fear of God in that doctrine. The Bible says that if the righteous man turns from his righteousness, that the righteousness that he has committed will not be remembered. That's pretty clear. You say, well, that's Old Testament. Well, he's God of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the New Testament says that he that endures to the end 
or keeps the faith to the end, the same shall be saved. We must walk in faith. And the glorious thing is that grace is there, that abounding grace, amen, that abundance of grace, amen, that keeps us, that preserves us, that upholds us, will present us, amen, before him. Kept by the power of God through faith and to salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. Whatever you're going through today, hold on. Hold on, my child. Amen. Joy comes in the morning. This thing is going to, amen, be rewarded. Amen. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, in whom though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Verse number 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for the truth? Thank you, Lord. Well, the promise of salvation. The promise of salvation. Your salvation is not completed until Jesus comes. You're being saved. You are saved. And you're being saved and your soul is being converted. Your spirit, when you were born again, the Holy Spirit entered into that, that spirit that was dead in trespasses and sin. And you were born again, that spirit man inside of you. But now you're being converted. Your mind, your will, your intellect is being converted during this time. And then when Christ comes, guess what? You get a new body. Amen? This corruption will put on incorruptible. Amen? This mortal body will put on immortality. We'll have a body. And we'll be known, the Bible says, as we are known. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But we're not going to have a lot of wrinkles and bald heads. And we're just going to go back into youth. And it's going to be glorious. Amen. I remember one of our dear saints, she passed on, and she was really wrinkled. She, she, uh, she, she had lots of wrinkles. And one night I had a phone call from heaven, and it was her. And I'm seeing her, and I'm talking to her. And, ooh, she was beautiful. She looked like a movie star in her youth. And she went back, and I'm talking to Becky, Aunt Becky. Oh, man, it was beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we get a new body. Amen. I promise you that. Hallelujah. And you know, aren't you glad it's so simple? It's all about receiving. It's all about receiving. I want to, uh, uh, I want to make a truth known that the sins of the whole world have been paid for. Paid in full. Amen. And God's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. But there are those that do not receive this. But it doesn't get us off of not telling them. The sins of all the world, the whole world, have been paid for. 1 John 2, 2 says, He is the propitiation. Propitiation, that's a big sin, a word. For our sins... And not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. The whole world. When Jesus hung suspended between heaven and earth on that cross, and his life's blood was dropping from his body and coming from every part of his body that was wounded, that was for the sins of the whole world. Amen. Propitiation. And then I looked that word up. It is God who is propitiated or appeased by the vindication of his holy and righteous character. He is so dealt with sin, get this, by the sacrifice of Christ that he can show mercy now to the believing sinner in the removal of his guilt and the remission of his sins. Without the shedding of that blood, there is no remission or forgiveness of sins. 
And today I stand before you, and you sit before me as believers in Christ, totally justified, totally justified in God's sight, all because of Christ. Amen. And what he's done for us. And to receive, only, we only have to believe. One only has to believe. You remember in John chapter 1, and I want to bring this to your memory again. In John chapter 1, in verse number 11 and 12, it says, He came into his own, and his own received him not. They received him not. But that little conjunction, the word but, <laughs> but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's praise him again. Amen for his name. And Lord Jesus, we believe. We believe with all of our heart on your name. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus saves us. Hallelujah. The power in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for truth. Amen. I'd like to read now out of Romans chapter 10. They didn't receive him. In Romans 10, Paul writes this, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness... And going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Listen, Jesus was made sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen? For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. So today, if you're trying to add anything, amen, to the cross... Uh, you're wrong. You don't add anything. You don't do anything. Amen? He fulfilled it all. For Moses described the righteousness, let's see, the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which do, doeth those things shall live by them. In other words, if you're going to live by the law, you have to keep the whole law. And if you, if you sin in one part of the law, you're guilty of all the law. You have to keep it per perfectly. The law was not given for righteousness. The law was given to make man conscious that they could not keep it and that they were sinners and they needed a Savior. Amen. But the righteousness, which is of faith, speaks on this wise. It says not, it's, and this is what it says, Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above? Or who shall descend into the, the deep, that is to bring Christ up again from the dead? But what does this righteousness say? The word is nigh thee. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. And this is it. If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Isn't that wonderful? Lady, one of my first converts when I came to Rifle, <laughs> I can't even remember her name right now. <laughs> Been a long time. She lived over in Seal. She said, that's too simple. I said, well, if it, was, if it was complicated, we might not be able to do it. And she finally saw all she had to do was to confess the Lord Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. You remember her name? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can see her face. Well, guess what? Jean. <laughs> anyway, guess what? I buried her body over there, over at Mam Creek Cemetery. Mam Creek? Hmm? Creek. No, it was Mam Creek. Going up Mam Creek, caught some Schaefer's out there. Yeah, well, it wasn't a cemetery. It was under a tree. And I guess it was a family, a family plot. <laughs> but anyway, the fact is that she was saved by grace. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For with a heart man believes unto righteousness, with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, 
For the scripture says, Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. For there is neither difference, no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? That's where we come in. How shall they preach except they be sent? And we have been sent. Amen? Amen. He said, go into all the world and preach it. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. The gospel is good news. Amen. And I tell you what, people need the good news. Now, you might say they've already heard it. Well, tell them again. Amen. Deliver your soul. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you, Father. That's the promise of salvation. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then we have the promise of the Spirit. And, you know, I think many times people downplay the Spirit and the importance of the Holy Spirit. They even want to downplay the significance of speaking in tongues. I was speaking with a doctor friend. He said, that's the language of God. And I can tell you something. The devil, the devil does not understand the language of God. And when you, when you pray in tongues, you're praying a perfect prayer as the Spirit is praying through you. And we don't make tongues, a, you know, we're not, we don't make it a, 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 what shall I say? I don't preach on that a lot, but it's, it's in the Bible and it's real and it's for all believers. Amen. The promise of the Spirit. Well, less than 1% of the Bible is given on how to be saved. Have you thought of that? Those scriptures, how to be saved. So that means that over 99% is given on how to live for God. How to live for God. How to live for God. And you can't do it, and I can't do it any other way but by the Spirit. Amen. And it all goes back to the power of the cross. And the Holy Spirit works in that perimeter of the cross. It is the cross of Christ. Amen. And here's what Paul, writing to the Galatians, says. He said, I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Now, this is the foundation of all victory. Until we come to realize that. That we legally were crucified with Christ. On that cross, amen, there's no victory. Then he went on to say, nevertheless I live, yet not I. And he was talking that he was not living in his own strength or his own ability. You cannot. Someone said, I can't, I can't live a Christian life. I can't either. It's not, it's not about me living it. It's about this next one. But Christ lives in me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus said, except the corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it, if it falls, and he's talking of his death. If he goes to that cross and he dies, amen, then there's going to be a many-membered body. I'm going to live in you. Amen. So, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Christ lives in me by virtue of of me dying with him on the cross and being raised, amen, in newness of life when he was resurrected. And that's found in Romans 6. And that's the gospel and that's the truth. And then he says, In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God. What Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. He loved me and he gave himself for me, gave himself for me. I want to uh, turn there and I want to continue reading in Galatians what he had to say. Because he was dealing in Galatians with a people that was perverting the gospel. They were adding to the gospel. That's a dangerous thing. That's another gospel. And the devil has made more inroads into the church by perverting the gospel. The gospel is the cross. Amen? 
You're finding all kinds of things that's coming into the church. Thank you, Jesus. He says in verse number 21 of uh, Galatians 2, he says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. Now, if we go to any other means other than the cross, we will frustrate the grace of God. It's the grace of God. Amen. Amen. Through the cross that operates in our lives. Then he, in verse 3 of, uh, verse 1 of chapter 3, he says, O foolish Galatians, now, who has, he used a strong word, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Is asking them this question. Are you so foolish, okay, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? So how are we going to live this Christian life? By the Spirit. It was the Spirit that drew you. Amen. It was the Spirit that quickened you. Amen. Hallelujah. And raised you out of that state of death into life. And now it's the Spirit of God, amen, that empowers you. In verse 13 and 14, I want to read those. For Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. The blessing of Abraham. What was the blessing of Abraham? Faith. He was made righteous through faith. Through believing. Amen. That's, that's where righteousness comes from. Is believing God. Amen. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The promise of the Spirit. Are you guys with me today? The promise of the Spirit. Well, in Matthew 3, 1, uh, John the Baptist speaking, he said, I indeed baptize you with water. Unto repentance, but he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. The Holy Ghost and with fire. How many of you want to be on fire? Amen. For Jesus. Huh? Amen. He said, I would that you'd be hot or cold. But not lukewarm. He don't want you cold. He wants you. He wants you on fire. Amen. And it's he. He shall baptize. Who's the baptizer? He's speaking of Jesus. Jesus is the baptizer. Amen. Well, in John seven verse thirty three, I want to start there. Then said Jesus unto them, Yet a little while I am with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. He's talking about his going back to the Father. You shall seek me and shall not find me, and where I am, there you cannot come. Talking about going back to the Father. Then said the Jews among themselves, Whether will he go, that we shall not find him? Will he go into the dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? What manner of saying is this, that he said, You shall seek me and not find me, and where I am, there you cannot come? Well, they couldn't understand he's going back to the Father. And then Jesus says something very significant. It was the last day of the Feast of the Tabernacles. In the last day of the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried and he said this, and it pertains to all of us here. He said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And what's he talking about? What's he talking about? It's out the believer. When you receive Christ as a believer... He comes within you. The Spirit is in you. Amen. He comes and resurrects your dead spirit, and He lives in you. Or you're none of His. But He said, out of that innermost being or that belly is going to flow rivers of life. Rivers of living water. And He's speaking, the next verse says, but this spake He of the Spirit which they that believe on him should receive. Should receive. 
Now, there are people that believe that once, once you repent and are baptized in water, then that is, that's it. You've got the Holy Spirit. You've got the gifts of the Spirit. You've got everything. No, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a definite experience. It is the promise of the Father, amen, to empower you and I as the believer. Amen. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus Christ was not yet glorified. All right. Thank you, Jesus, for truth. And then I want to go to John chapter 16, and I want to read there. Jesus talking about him going away. John 16, verse 7 says this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. He's talking to his disciples. It is expedient for you. It's for your own benefit. It's profitable for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I go or I depart, I will send him unto you. Thank you, Jesus. Then if you drop down in verse number 13, it says, When he, the Spirit, is of, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Verse 14, Jesus said, He will glorify me. He shall receive of mine, and he shall show it unto you. So the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus in our lives. The Bible says, They that are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. We need to be more dependent upon the Holy Spirit's leadership. We need to give ourselves more to the Holy Spirit. You know, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We still have a will and a mind of our own. <laughs> but we need to give it over to the Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, you lead me. Holy Spirit, you guide me. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm almost there. Oh, wow. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. In Luke 24, 49, Jesus speaking, he said, and behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. He's speaking of the Spirit. Then I want to go to a very familiar passage in Acts chapter 1. This is after Jesus' resurrection in chapter 1 of Acts, verses 4 and 5. I want to read in verse 8. And being assembled together with them, <clears throat> he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. Which, he, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John, and here it is again, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days after. Okay? And Jesus said in verse 8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. That's the power witness of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts, it's called the Acts of the Apostles. It's really the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. Him working through the Apostles. In Acts 2.38, we find Peter in, in the message that he had preached. Uh, he stirred them up and, and they asked, you know, what shall we do? And Peter comes back in 38, he says unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse number 39, and I want you to listen very closely, because this subject that I'm preaching on right now, the promise of the Spirit, has brought more division to the church. There have been churches that have preached it's of the devil, Speaking in tongues is gibberish. Speaking in tongues is of the devil. It's confusion. That's the devil that would tell you that. Remind me of two old drunks that was going by the, the Pentecostal church and he heard them in there speaking in tongues. And one old drunk turned to the other and he said, that's of the devil. And the other old drunk says, that's funny. I thought we got everything the devil had to give.
It's the promise of the Father. It's the promise of the Father. Thank you, Jesus. And then he says, For the promise is unto you and to your children, and those that he was talking to of that day, and to all that are afar off, that's you and I, afar off from that day, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. How many of you really believe that you've been called by God? You've been saved, you've been called by God. Amen. So the promise is to all of us that have been called. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you, Lord. If you want to go with me to Acts chapter 8, I want to read there in Acts chapter 8 an account beginning in verse number 1, or 14, I mean. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Okay, they had received the word of God. For he was not yet fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, they, they had been saved and baptized in his name, but they had not received they had not received the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Now, there are denominations that teach that when the apostles passed away, that no longer could they lay hands on, on, the, on them and they received the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost is not for today. That's foolishness. They also believe that... Uh, where there be not uh, prophecies shall fail, tongues shall cease. Uh, that's not true. They laid their hands on them. They received the Holy Ghost. But they didn't. They were not the ones that were baptizing them. It was Jesus who was the baptizer. One more passage of Scripture. I want to go to Acts chapter 19. Thank you, Lord. And I want to begin reading in verse number 1. And it came to pass... That while Apollos was at Corinth, and Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Now these are disciples of Christ. These are believers in Christ. And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when Paul had laid his hands upon them, they were believers, the Holy Ghost, came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So, we have the promise of salvation. We have the promise of the Holy Spirit to empower us to live. Amen. And I really believe this, that we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. To walk, amen, in obedience and to be led by the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. The closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the greater our enemy is going to, to be attacking us. And it's only by the power of the Spirit, as we walk in that power, amen, that we will find that demons are subject. Amen. They are subject. They know the name of Jesus, but they know, amen, where we're at too. Amen. Our South African evangelist, the first time he came and he walked in, he said, the devil knows I'm in town. Well, you know something? That could almost, you might say, well, boy, that, that's, he's kind of prideful in that. No. He was speaking the truth. The devil needs to know you are in town. Yes. Amen? Amen? 
He needs to know that you're in town. And we need to be on fire of the Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Huh? There's people that receive the Holy Spirit and they never exercise. They never, they never stir up that gift that's within them. Paul said, stir up the gift that's within you that you've received. Amen. And, and let the Holy Spirit have His way. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, the Bible says that He gives the Holy Spirit to them that obey Him. If you've obeyed the Lord, confessed Him, and been baptized in water, He, he, wants, to, he wants you to have that Holy Spirit. Amen. Baptism. Amen? He says He gives the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him. You know, over the years, I, I being an, an undenominational, interdenominational fellowship, we've had people from all different backgrounds. And we have one brother, he, he came from the sector that they didn't, they didn't believe that. And he would come to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but then he would just shake his hand and he said, it's not for me, it's for someone else. <laughs> I believe that that would make God partial. I believe that that would make God, uh, what should I say, that God would be a respecter of who gets it and who doesn't get it. No, it's for all believers. It's for all believers. And it's God's gift. And today, if you haven't received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, let me encourage you to ask Him. Amen. And believe Him. Amen. He gives the Holy Spirit to them that believe. You've got to believe it's for you. Like that brother, he's with the Lord now. But he, he never received because he didn't believe it was for him. It's for all believers. We need that power. Amen. And if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, there's people that are baptized in the Holy Spirit and years go by and they never, they just let him lay dormant. They never pray in tongues. You know, Paul said, I would that you all, you all spoke with tongues. That's a significant thing. He talked about in the assembly, speaking with the understanding, and you can understand that. But I can tell you one thing. In your prayer time, there's that unknown tongue. There's that, that prayer language that connects you. This is, this is that that will cause the weary to rest. And I can tell you, that is the greatest release that you can have. If you're having something troubling you, just let the Holy Spirit take over and let Him begin to pray. And let Him begin, amen, just to, to empower you. And, you know, praying in the Holy Ghost builds up your most holy faith because it brings you in league with Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. He's here to reveal Jesus all the way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for everything that you have accomplished. Everything that you have paid for, Lord, for our salvation, for our empowerment, Lord. And Lord, we know that, Lord Jesus, you're everything. That the world could not contain the books that could be written about you. Lord Jesus, you're everything. And we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. And we ask you to fill us, Lord. Fill us. Hallelujah. Fill us every day. May we hunger for that. May we hunger for that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise God. You want the Holy Spirit? Ask Him. Ask Him to fill you with that Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. God is not given to Janelle the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Hallelujah. She found that true. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's in every situation. Hallelujah. You... They that receive the abundance of grace and the, the gift of righteousness shall reign 
in life. Jesus said it's the Father's pleasure to give to you the kingdom. And the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but it's righteousness, it's peace, it's joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your gifts. Thank you, Father, for the promise of the Father. Stand up with me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. Is there anyone that wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit today? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Would you come and lay your hands on those who would like to have a fresh infilling? Thank you, Jesus. Praise you. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. You asking for it too? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that this gift is stirred within these, Lord. Hallelujah. And released out of their innermost being flows rivers of life, rivers of living water. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And we give you praise, Lord. We give you glory. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Hallelujah. Lord, we just want to thank you for all of your promises. Our yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bring us back at that point in time, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.